happening, Marvelians, Marvelites, Mar marvelous people who are watching us today? That works for you. Marvelous uh, people sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm your host Grant Davis, and alongside me is my co-host. Hey, what's up? It's Mike Garcia. How's it going, Grant? It's going. Uh, it's going. You know? Yeah, it is going. Um, we here at uh, the MCU Pod are your companion podcast for all things Marvel Cinematic Universe related, and I had hopes, Mike. Mm. That this week we were going to talk about Modoc because Modoc recently dropped and it dropped all 10 episodes over on Hulu. But uh, I couldn't I couldn't uh, get through all of it yet. It's, there's a lot of episodes and it just wasn't enough time. And I thought, well, it's a little bit of a disservice to try and talk about Modoc so quickly. Mm, yeah. But fortunately, we have the Eternals trailer and uh, we could certainly talk about that. So, yeah, so I'd rather kind of... I'd rather talk about that. Yeah, I watched I... the I watched the Eternals trailer about ten times, and <laughs> I saw the premiere of Modoc once, and I enjoyed it, but uh, it didn't really inspire me to keep going. I thought it, it was really funny, yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't really sampled a large batch of those episodes. So you know, my understanding is that's not um, that's not. MCU canon anyway. No. Modoc. Yeah. It's a, it's an outlier either way because it's silly, but it exists in a whole different universe and it's run by Jeff Loeb instead of like Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige kind of loosely gave his blessing, but it was like, yeah, you're not included in anything that we're really doing. <laughs> so right. it's kind of a you know, an offshoot, a bastard that uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so we're gonna talk about the Eternals trailer because uh it came out, and I know there are some divisive opinions on this. I'm yeah. not sure if it necessarily <laughs> we'll have that here, but maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Um, we haven't talked about it before, so. We have not. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and uh, watch the trailer? Let's watch it. Let's do it. Let me cue it up here. I do not hear it. You're not hearing anything? No, sir. Oh. <clears throat> well, uh, I can okay. see it, though, and it looks beautiful and all well, its Terrence Malick-esque. That is something. That is something. That but this is a loose hang, and I didn't intend for it to be that loose of a hang. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, reshare. Oh, Kern says he's been in no rush to watch Modoc. Well, Morris said he did like some of Modoc, but the uninitiated hate it with a passion of a thousand suns. Okay. It is it does seem pretty divisive, yeah. All right, let's see if you hear this. Okay. No, sir. No? No. What's going on with the MI audio? Hmm. You know what? I don't know. Um, I'm not gonna play it if we can't hear it. If the, mm -hmm. yeah, no one's hearing it. Uh so here, you know what? We're just going to scrub through this and it's going to be like, why do the birds keep on being sad? <laughs> we are going to go ahead and indoctrinate these capen. We're going <laughs> to teach them about society and make cool gold rings and water their crops and cut some tapestry 
I guess. <laughs> Show off our cool skills by cutting all this tapestry, and then someone's going to have to go and rehang all that cool tapestry. Dick move, Angelina. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like the Eternals are these beings that have just been chilling out and hiding here on Earth, on our MCU Earth, for a long time. They're like little hobbits. They like having little family meals together. And it's kind of adorable. Second breakfast. Second breakfast. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Apologies, everyone. Uh, if you were really hoping this was going to be the first time you ever got to see that trailer, I would I would say, I guess you could just go check it out, out elsewhere. Um, I should have tested the audio before we started doing this, though. That's on me. Um, normally... Mike, we would do our snap judgments, but I do believe that you recommended we do what? Hot Quake! <laughs> you made one, you bastard. I made this as soon as you said I should make one. No I made shit. It that quickly. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did you see? <laughs> I didn't even I love know it. what the song was. I was just like, put something samba in there. It's it's uh, very very sexy. I love well, it. Uh, we didn't get to watch the trailer properly, but um, what, what did you think of it? I like it. I love it when superhero movies have like an original voice and a unique style, or at least they're something behind you. Are you okay? Holy moly! Oh, are you are you hearing that that thunder that thunder as well? <laughs> it's like the whole entire house is shaping, shaking like an earthquake this is yeah bonkers. it's a wild night in austin yeah it's crazy i'm sorry we to interrupt we have a crazy i'm hearing it over here too and i'm like what <laughs> 15 miles away from you yes wow. okay so hopefully we don't get an outage but uh i like this trailer i love it when superhero movies have like an original voice and are like very unique have a unique style uh, or at least when they are made by filmmakers who have previously presented a strong original voice and a unique style in their work. I love like the creator driven vision, right? Right. It's not just like Marvel by numbers. I think with a creator driven vision, like that's how you get standout MCU movies like Thor Ragnarok. You bring in Taika Waititi and he brings his unique comedic style and visuals to it. Or like the Guardians films, which are very much imbued with James Gunn's like acerbic sensibility. And it's and... a great analog since like they're also unknown kind of characters like the Eternals to most of the audience. Very much. If you think about the Guardians, it was new in so many ways um, as an MCU property. And that was a great way to establish uh, what they were and a great way to like experiment in that way because they were like c-list characters kind of like the eternals so i'm really happy that marvel handed the eternals to chloe Zhao. maybe it's so i'm not sure who recently mm -hmm. won the oscar for nomadland right and that certainly has a unique style like her movies are largely naturalistic looking and really romantic with lots of like these wide cinematic shots that are grounded in natural elements with like practical locations and surroundings that evoke like the beauty of our world, like her movies focus on the realness of the surroundings and the characters and the landscapes. And I think that brings kind of like a certain graceful romanticism 
to the to her movies and also like a very natural gravitas like i said really similar to terrence malick's movies like the thin red line and badlands right. so it's exciting that she's bringing that like naturalistic visual style to the mcu it's different but it's definitely what we see in this trailer like we don't really get a lot of the plot elements or really like understand who the characters are it's more of a, a vibe that we get from this thing real naturalistic vibe and it feels like really different and really confident like you can tell marvel's confident with this project like like from the casting to the filmmaking uh and the tone of this trailer this feels sort of like a more art artistic prestige movie almost like an epic drama that just happens to be an mcu film and that's really exciting it can be risky to deliver something so different and maybe more visually grounded like this but i don't know based on the track record of marvel and everybody involved i think it's going to be successful both creatively and at the box office and i can understand why there are mixed reactions to it in the fan community because it's it's just kind of a risky a risky thing it, it looks so different and feels so different but um i like risks and i like um that creator driven vision and I'm excited yeah. to see it. Um, for my part, I think that this trailer, <clears throat> sorry, uh, it seems like a teaser trailer because like yeah. it, it's not really saying a whole lot. Yeah, we're we're getting a a very gentle introduction into the Eternals because the Eternals are um, an interesting concept that requires a little bit of handholding i think with um how they kind of play out the trailers to introduce you to this this concept that they're integrating into what has already been established as like our mcu world so i think that this first one was just trying this first trailer here is just trying to establish that the eternals are beings that have been secretly on our planet for a long period of time they have this um uh mission statement that they are not supposed to interfere with us but they're supposed to protect us from uh oh man what are those beings called the the, the derivatives no der, uh deviants deviants the derivatives the derivatives that works <laughs> as well so uh they're just supposed to kind of like hang hang tight keep keep guard on things and if the deviants show up they got to kind of fight them but otherwise, uh, they're the Eternals. They just kind of live around here. And yet, you know, the juxtaposition in this trailer is great because you hear them saying, we're not supposed to interfere. And then at the same time, they're straight up like dropping water in the land to irrigate things and helping people build cities. And, you know, they're they're totally uh, all up in it. There's, you know, there's also this uh, interesting theory that the Eternals um, have been boning people throughout time and they're they're ultimately responsible for a lot of these superheroes that have been popping up. Ah, uh, I think that's a fun idea, but um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the music that plays here, there's this tone that they are. Um, Kevin Feige and crew also described this as the first um, romantic uh, MCU movie. So I think yes. it's going to be really heavily playing into this love story between um Cersei and uh, Rob Stark. <laughs> I think his name is uh, Icarus mm -hmm. in this. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I'm very excited to see something different as well in the MCU. And 
a story that that traverses time and traverses the the scale of the planet um, to bring these characters back together after the events of um, Endgame, I think is kind of a fascinating concept. In fact, like I was reading the premise, it says, uh, the premise is, after an unexpected tragedy following the events of Avengers Endgame, the Eternals, an immortal race created by the Celestials who have secretly lived on Earth for 7,000 years, reunite to protect humanity from their evil counterparts, the Deviants. Um, but that first part, an unexpected tragedy following Endgame, I'm kind of curious. Um, like, what do you think that means? I think that's going to be a personal tragedy that is specific to these Eternals characters. Mm, and like it the might death be of one of them. Uh, maybe not the death of one of them, but maybe um, and the Eternals comics that I'm familiar with are the ones that um, Neil Gaiman did in, uh, in the early aughts, like in 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that version, um, which I believe is the version that has gone on to reset the Eternals canon within Marvel uh, to this day, the Eternal, a number of the Eternals characters didn't know who they were. They were unaware of this power that they had, and they were kind of woken up. Um, and a lot of them uh, had really close relationships with humans. And um, I think maybe this tragedy that is being referred to in that log line, maybe there is a human character or a community that is killed or destroyed or harmed in some way that some of these Eternals characters care about. And mm-hmm. that did to a great degree and that, that inspires them to get involved more with humanity as an Avengers like team, you know, I, I like the idea that <clears throat> like they've been here so long that part of them has kind of forgotten their past. They, mm-hmm. they forgot <laughs> their mission statement there that they're Eternals and whatever. They're just kind of, lost in their lives and and even when they're like watching Thanos they're like oh damn man I hope um I hope the Avengers save us <laughs> yeah and then then suddenly they're like hold up we all have powers and we need to go um have a have a family meal with Gilgamesh here over at his house and uh uh remember who we are and have a little family gathering um I mean that would be a, a good way to kind of explain why they had no part in uh in endgame and thanos or um ultron or uh you know loki like any of these kind of skirmishes they weren't involved in protecting the planet at that point that makes sense to me because they were born from the celestials as these um eternal magical mystical beings but they've lived so long on earth and adapted to humanity that they they're not like the Avengers. They didn't come together and say, we have powers or we need to build a suit and and have powers to protect people. Let's do this. They didn't have a mission like the Avengers did. The right. Avengers started from a mission, from a purpose to protect um, whatever that meant. Um, and these guys were just kind of born as super beings and went about their lives. So... You know, they, they're not necessarily they in this movie, it seems and they don't start out as a team like the Avengers. They're just people. Right. Um, we got a couple uh, hot quakes from you viewers. No. Will Morris says, I think the Eternals will be the most polarizing movie Marvel will ever do. Yeah. Which is um, 
Yeah, that's interesting to think about. Well, I mean, we got the we got a very multicultural cast, which is amazing and great. We have um, uh, a filmmaker of Asian descent uh, having uh, probably the most creative reign that we've seen in the MCU project, and uh, we have the first gay superhero character from MCU going to be on screen. I think Brian Tyree Henry is, is playing that character, oh, Fastos. Okay. And we have the first hearing impaired superhero um, in this in this movie. I don't remember who the character is, but I know it's one of the main characters. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot for uh, shitty people to hate on. <laughs> uh, uh, Nicole says, I don't know if this is a hot quake, but I heard that it's going to be uh, mm-hmm. a first in a few ways. The first right. superhero, the first gay one, Brian Henry, uh, is playing him, I think. Um, and then Zeph 101, the original, says, personally, I knew nothing of Guardians of the Galaxy, but I knew immediately it looked like fun. Not going uh, to lie, this honestly seems incredibly dull. That's a take I'm hearing a lot. I think mm-hmm. I think it's hard to – this seems like the kind of movie you want to go into a theater and just sit with and let the drama wash over you. It feels more like a drama. I think this more grounded, naturalistic style – is what some people are bucking against because it's so it looks so different than other MCU movies, but I think it's warranted with a story like the Eternals. Like the Eternals are like Marvel's attempt to tie its own cosmic universe to more complicated real life existential concepts, like the meaning of life on Earth. Like that's what this story is about. Right. It's like heavier and more emotional material that's grounded in the human condition like if you read the comics they're all about um inspiring humanity and about how humanity can be lifted up and i think the decision to go a little more muted than usual with the, with the visuals a little more naturalistic and humanistic kind of uh relates to that concept and i think that can result in a more like immediate and stronger connection between us the viewer and the drama happening on screen like the layers of like superhero flash are kind of removed mm-hmm. and i think that doing that in an elegant way which it looks like this is doing can like heighten your investment in the story and the drama it's not just spectacle you know right and, and you know once again i feel like the um the the this particular trailer was um downplaying a lot of the more traditional action elements that we're used to seeing in fact a lot of this trailer that we saw could take place in the first 10 minutes of the movie Mm -hmm. because it seems like most of this movie is going to take place in modern time but they were showing this kind of um these eternals have have existed throughout time and this is spanning thousands of years um i did want to point out that uh makari right here played by lauren ridloff i believe is the the character um, right here who is supposed to be uh, super fast and also the the deaf character you were talking about? Okay. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, um, you may remember as Paperboy from Atlanta. He's also the voice of Miles Morales' dad in Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse. He's awesome. Very excited uh, to see him in here. I guess that he... also played a podcaster in the Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> we we don't have to remember everything that he, he, he did 
Um, he's playing Fastos, an eternal with an intelligent cosmic powered. He's a cosmic powered inventor who secretly has been helping humans by making stuff like iPhones and uh, toasters and shit and like being like, oh, here's here you go. You like that cooked bread? What if we cooked it one more time with a toaster? Ooh. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> Think about it. Uh, let's see. Should I keep going through the characters here? Because yeah, I think uh, somebody said your your fo- your large photo with everybody was missing Cersei, oh, right. but you you probably have her here. That. I didn't yeah. make that, but yeah, ah. it was totally missing her. And uh, uh, there's a couple characters that seem to be missing. Yeah, I was like, what's up with that? Um, this character, Don Lee, uh, is playing Gilgamesh, the strongest Eternal who can pro- project an exoskeleton of cosmic energy. He becomes Athena's uh, partner in their exile from the other Eternals. So, uh, Athena is Angelina Jolie's character. So, I guess these two are kind of hanging out together. Um, this dude is totally the dude from uh, uh, the Train to Busan. Train to Busan. Oh, uh, he was the best character. Yeah. If if you guys have not watched Train to Busan, it is a Korean zombie movie, and it is one of the best movies I've seen on a and, train. And this dude. This dude is fucking awesome. <laughs> he owns it. Uh, he yeah. owns it. Yeah. Once I saw that, I was like, oh, hell yes. This Thank is you. really, really cool casting. Uh, Kamel Nanjiani. Um, he he doesn't pop up too much in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is that uh, he went on to um, become a, a Bollywood star in India is part of the, the plot point for his right. character. Yeah. And um, he's you know, supposed to be I, the character that's uh, in the comics. He was really uh, full of himself and had a huge ego. Mm. And I think in the comic book, he was a Hollywood star. His name is Kingo. And he can project cosmic energy projectiles from his hands. So kind of like Blink or Gambit. I mean, basically, these are kind of like X-Men characters in a, in a way, right? Yeah, I think the, what's cool about this and also like the X-Men, but maybe to more of a degree with the Eternals, the appeal is more about their personalities and their relationships to the humans who they love on Earth and less about their flashy powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thena, who's played by Angelina Jolie, is a fierce warrior who can Ooh. form any weapon out of cosmic energy. And um, I think she's the greatest example of uh, Jack Kirby, who created um the eternals was definitely trying to do a playoff of like what if the eternals were the initial characters for a lot of the gods that uh developed from a- ancient culture and so athena mm-hmm. was a uh, a proxy for athena in um in greek mythology so uh that was kind of the attempt that was being made there and then i was reading that that's kind of, that's interesting because um i was reading that Zeus is actually going to be a character in the upcoming Thor movie. And it's going to be right. played by, uh, what's his name? Um, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess they're going to be uh, attempting to bring in some other mythology here. Uh, next character? Let's see. Uh, this is Sprite. So, Sprite is a character played by Leah McHugh, um, an eternal who can project lifelike illusions, which sounds kind of like Loki, 
kind of uh like what making animals and making duplicates of yourself maybe mm -hmm. uh or themselves i'm not sure if or like a fake id so she can go buy some liquor yeah <laughs> uh a 12 year old uh she's plays a 12 year old uh child but she's stronger and cleverer than she looks and i think in the comics uh she kind of turns evil mm. if i'm rec recalling correctly but that yeah, might it's not been be over a here. it's been over a decade since i read that new gaming series mm -hmm. i remember loving it and loving the vibe i don't remember specific plot points at all right uh this is uh cersei let me get that off cersei 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 played cersei. by Gemma chan and mm -hmm. emp an empathetic eternal with an affinity for humankind who can manipulate matter so she's the one who's dropping her hand in and like bringing water out um she seems to uh she has a love uh affair with Icarus that spans centuries and she poses as a museum curator on Earth just like Wonder Woman, I guess. I was going to say, like Diana Prince. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's supposed to be the main character. Right. So all the more damning that my first graphic did not include her <laughs> in it. But, but you, did, you did not make that graphic. So I didn't make it. I just stole it from the internet. Yeah. You're off yeah. the hook. Okay. Uh, and then I think, you know, I, I might have skipped... What's his name? Richard Madden. Uh, Barry Coe here mm. is going to be playing the character, or Barry Cohen, uh, Druig, who's an aloof eternal who can use com cosmic energy to control the minds of others. Oh, kind of like Professor X. Um, he kind of withdraws from everyone. He doesn't like that they're interfering too much with people on Earth. And I like that actor. Was what, what was he in before? He was in Dunkirk. I mean, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, and then look who else. Another Stark shows up. <laughs> Kit Harrington, the King of playing, the North himself, uh, playing uh, the bl the Black Knight, who is a character who also ends up joining the Avengers later on. Um. There is a uh, love affair between him and uh, the Cersei character as well in the comics. So. The the Stark boys are battling it out here. It seems. Here we go again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then let me uh let me see if I uh had a picture of uh what's his name. Uh, well, we can just go with this lead picture. Mm -hmm. uh, Richard Madden here mm. is going to be playing Icarus, and Icarus is the head of the the squad of Eternals. He can fly and project cosmic energy beams from his eyes. So uh, the Cyclops. You know, all of them have an ancillary. That one's Cyclops. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think I don't think I had a picture for Selma Hayek for Ajax. Oh yeah, she's there. Um, who is she? She's a spiritual leader. She can heal people. She's got healing powers. Yeah, um, it seems like you can. From these character descriptions, you can almost tell which of the Eternals are a little more. Uh, empathetic towards humanity, maybe, and some that aren't. So there mm. might be a split. Um, trying to figure out whether or not to get involved or to help people. So maybe that'll be part of the plot point, right? In this movie, but we don't we don't know. Yeah. So when uh, you know, going through the rest of the trailer, we see that they uh, they show up on some spaceships way back when. 
And they're like, hey, we're going to kind of uh, lay low here and uh, hang out on the beach and form a little posse. And we're going to protect I, you guys. I love this shot of uh, of them in costume because the costumes, although they are, they're kind of bright and Kirby-esque, they still look somewhat muted and grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, th- these look like uh, not necessarily costumes, but uniforms or like royal royal wear that that you know uh, a culture from some other planet would wear like it looks even though it looks i mean if you saw these people walking down the street you'd be like what the fuck but in the context of this movie it looks more naturalistic than like the avengers which i like agreed um we got a question from nicole who says do you think they'll mention thanos since he was an eternal i think thanos was a in the comics, I think isn't he a deviant? Is he a deviant? Uh, I'm he's, not sure, but I think he's listed under di- a different category of um of titan. the Eternals as a Titan. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, the MCU remixes stuff, so I I'm not sure if they'll connect it I, to that at all. I wonder if they won't because it seems like the route they went with Thanos is that he lived on a planet of other. Uh, Thanos's right um, rather than being Titans. made by celestials and his whole thing was he advocated to his people of his planet mm-hmm. hey I know a way to to save all of us we just have to cull 50% because we're using right. up too many resources um, that's so why I he was they went a different yeah. route there and then so maybe they won't yeah. yeah and he yeah he was from the planet Titan which became a wasteland so he was one of the last Titans that's why he was so unique yeah not because he was formed by a celestial as an eternal in the MCU. Yeah. I'm going to venture a guess here. I think they will present the Eternals and I wouldn't be surprised that since it's such a huge cast of characters, I bet they kill off a lot of them. I bet that we will be presented with about what, like 12 of these uh, Eternals here. Let me me pop them on screen. There's a ton here on the beach. There's even some off, off screen. Um, and I, if they kill a bunch of them off and then we're left with a few little stragglers that they don't do another Eternals movie, they just kind of uh, get folded into other franchises. That would be cool. I mean, the the tone of this movie, the feel of this movie just seems like it's going to be this this really long epic drama that really goes for the feels. It feels you know? like there's tragedy mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. baked into it. And yeah, so... like this romantic tragedy. Mm hmm. So, yeah, we're definitely going to see some. Uh, it's going to make us love some characters and then kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if they if they do it right. Will Morris says, weird I, fact, I was watching Train to Busan today. <laughs> Good. Watch that movie. Ever I haven't seen the sequel. They put out a sequel. <gasps> I don't know. It didn't come out yet, did it? I, I thought I saw it on one of the streaming services. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, on the, on the Eternals... I watched this trailer and I'm like, I'm ready for it. I want to go into a theater and I want to just be swept away and I want to cry, <laughs> you know, like that's the vibe I'm getting. And I want that. Yeah. I mean, there's some beautiful shots and I liked what you were saying at the very beginning with your, your a- assessment of like the kind of um, world spanning nature of this. Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, I was going to pull up some of these shots here because I, I think that, yeah, you mm. completely nail it. Like, there's just some, some beautiful, expansive um, cinematography going on here. You know, I, I was reminded a little bit 
especially with what you were saying of um do you remember the show the leftovers like the first season is very small and close and intimate and it feels kind of suffocating yeah and then they switched uh to the new showrunner for the second season i forget her name but she she opened everything up she said what we're doing is we're going to pull back we're going to do a lot more outdoor shots we're going to expand the field of vision for everything and let this show breathe a bit more and it will be a better juxtaposition for some of the heavier content here Mm -hmm. and i i thought that was such a fascinating take and it just kind of reminds me of the tone of this a little bit being that there's there's something kind of sad to me and tragic about um everlasting life like yeah it's it seems great at first and then it seems like a trick that you can't escape and you're just kind of trapped in in your life with all these people um and you know looking through this like we're seeing some gorgeous scenes and cinematography but there's also like some foreboding things here i'm gonna come back to this image here in a second but um we have this sad romance here between Icarus and Cersei, Cersei that uh, eventually um, uh, we, we, uh, we know that d- despite this lasting centuries, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, younger brother Stark's going to pop up and he's going to, he's going to steal his girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's something kind of sad there. Yeah. Th- there is a, a melancholy to all these expansive shots for and sure. The song certainly didn't help. Mm-hmm. Here we go. There's Kit. <laughs> um, yeah, the song just added to the tone. It seemed a little bit like, oh, this is this is gonna be depressing. So I won't I, I will not be surprised if the next trailer is completely different, is is radically different in what it's trying to do, because I think they're hitting different markets with the the, the trailers. You know, this um this expansive cinematography in films or TV shows that is very character based or the drama is very based in characters. Mm-hmm. I think since the leftovers and maybe something before then, but since the leftovers has become a, a, a pretty big trend, uh, we're seeing it a lot now in film and TV where, where the, um, the focus is on the characters and their inner lives and their interpersonal lives and how, how deep and tragic those can be. But the, the cinematography is very wide uh, and expansive and bringing in the uh, the environment around them to, like you said, to juxtapose kind of the melancholy with the the beauty of nature. And it, yeah. it, that's very much what Terrence Malick did. And I know the director of The Eternals is, has talked about how she's very much influenced by Ter- Terrence Malick's storytelling style and cinematography. And yeah, this looks like a Marvel Terrence Malick movie, which is wild. I really hope they have a better editor. Than Terrence Malick, so we're not stuck in the theater for a four-hour slog fest of <laughs> yeah. look how yeah. the rain is falling in this field. Right. I will minutes. say that he did it perfectly in Badlands. After that, yeah, trim half an hour off those movies, Terrence. <laughs> Come on. Uh, this shot in particular, uh, I I don't know if you read this as well, but mm. there is a theory that the Eternals were in part responsible for the development of uh, Atlantis. The lost hmm. city of Atlantis, and while this looks something like uh, like Pompeii, um, with this uh, explosion of the, the volcano that that puts everyone in ash, um, the idea someone else was positing was that this is Atlantis, and while a lot of the the city falls to ruins, uh, a few people 
um, are protected in underwater bubbles and develop uh, as Atlanteans. And that's where we'll get um, Namor and his crew of people, which we got a little clue to in um, Avengers Endgame when they were saying there was some rumbling off of the coast of Africa underwater and we don't know what it is. Um, but people were like, oh, it's Namor. It's the Atlanteans. We're going to see him. I, I rarely get super excited about the prospect of a brand new Marvel movie uh, setting the stage for another franchise coming up, you know, mm. but I'm a million percent here for Namor in the MCU. Cause he's such an asshole and he's so fun and the Atlanteans are crazy. And I really want to see that. So I, ho I hope you're right. Also, people are talking about maybe the eternal sets the stage for the mutants, but it's kind of like, that's what we're guessing with every new Marvel property. So who knows? <laughs> we don't like, know. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I'll, I'll point out here, this little Easter egg, uh, Sprite seems to be on this plane with uh, some dead bodies here in the background. I don't know what's going on, but it uh, seems a little twisted. But if you look right over here, and I'm not sure if everyone can see my mouse. Oh, yeah. That is uh, Captain America's original shield, apparently, on this plane. Kind of uh, kind of neat. Neat little thing to see there. Neat Easter egg. It makes sense that if these people are around forever that they would become fans of the extraordinary humans that they see pop up and maybe would you know get some collectibles right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i could totally see that mm -hmm. um yeah i think i think overall what i've seen here is exciting and it's marvel i i trust in their vision and how they curate these things i do think that they're not going to be so edgy that um anything's going to ostracize too much of the, their audience. They uh, are more reliant on the money uh, to not ostracize a bunch of people. So this will just kind of tread a line and, and show a little bit more of an artistic direction that they can kind of take to, to introduce us to this new line of characters. I think that one of the reasons maybe, and this might sound cynical, but it's not meant to be. One of the reasons that they're able to um, experiment or take a risk with this more artistic direction and with handing uh, Chloe Zhao the, the reins like, like never before is because it seems like this can play to more of an international audience mm. and, you know, and, and collect the money that way, you know? Right. So I think either way, it'll be a hit, even if American audiences aren't wild about it, like we were about Endgame. Uh Kern says, I want to see Namor on screen and then eventually him encountering the Fantastic Four. Yeah. I feel that. Rich Murphy says, I just want Namor and X-Men to come into the MCU so we can somehow get the scene from Civil War <laughs> where Wolverine wears an Iron Man suit. <laughs> awesome. I, I would say that's never going to happen, but we've seen crazier things in the MCU, so that might happen. Yeah, I think uh, Zep 101's got a good point here. I don't think they'll even touch the mutants until after, after Fantastic Four. One new big franchise probably at a time. Yeah, I think they're doing it right. They're probably taking their time trying to figure out exactly how to do it in a fresh way. Since mm -hmm. we've had over a decade of X-Men and mutant movies. So we even, had, we even had a TV show recently. The Gifted, which was, eh, you know. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Will Morris says uh, sequel is on the sequel to Train to Busan is on Shutter. I think. I think that's uh, where I saw it listed. Yeah, got it. You know, keep keeping you guys updated on 
uh, something completely unrelated. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's related. They got a, an Eternal is is in the original uh, Train to Busan. So this is fair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that's about it. Do you have any other uh, closing thoughts? Uh, no, I'm definitely going to venture out to the theater for this one. This might be the first movie that I venture out to in a packed theater in Ooh. November. Um, because it's, I mean, it's Marvel. It's going to be packed, right? I'm going to try and go like at a matinee. Hopefully it won't be that packed, but you know, I'll mask up and I'm definitely going to see this in the theater. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. He's you just going to make sure you just don't even get the flu or any other shit from people. <laughs> yeah. People are filthy now. Yeah. They're disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It would be great to get to see this in theaters because it would add to that just expansive uh, visual palette that they're showing us they have um, in the trailer. So yeah, I'm excited overall uh, a positive outlook on this trailer. It's, it's better than um, Hulk. <laughs> what? Than oh, you mean, three. or oh, Ant-Man I... and the Wasp. That one was, uh, mm. are you talking about Ang Lee's Hulk? that one and the incredible hulk the oh yeah because it's interesting that you bring up the hulk because ang lee's was kind of going for that prestige drama vibe as well that art art film vibe and for a while poodle dogs <laughs> and then it got yeah and then it became a piece of shit yeah <laughs> <It got> wacky. <laughs> um all right, folks. Uh, thank you so much for checking us out again this week. Once again, if you want to uh, follow us and help support us, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You can hit the notifications button on top of it over on YouTube. If you want to uh, support us financially, you can go to patreon.com slash MCU pod and make a per episode pledge. We would love to have you guys over there. Um, earlier this week, I did a little, um, a little, Loki preview for patrons where I was just talking about Loki and some of my theories for that. And since then I have actually expanded upon that. And I'm, I think I'm going to try and release a video this week before um, the show comes out. So uh, stay tuned for that. And we'll be back next week. Uh, Mike, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Mike Moody Garcia. And if you guys don't follow our Star Trek podcast and you like Star Trek, uh, Follow us at Star Trek Pod. You can find me at Baron Von Grant. You can find us at mcupod.com. It, it's got the other links there. You can also check that out. Um, and until then, MCU later. <laughs>